Hey y'all, welcome to the Hue. Hue represents true color, and we're here to illuminate the true stories of the inspiring folks we encounter along the way. My name is Jessica, and today's guest is Zara Tate of Jan Showers, and we had a great conversation on diversity and design in Dallas. Zara is the COO of Jan Showers, a global brand. Jan has a furniture line. She has very prestigious clients that she does interior design work for, multi-generational work. Um, and, and Zara oversees the entire Jan Showers practice. She is an, an incredible individual. And I first met her in 2006. She was literally one of my very first sales calls. And I immediately felt comfortable with Zara. And it was a fast friendship. And when I thought about doing Hugh, she was genuinely one of the first people that I wanted to talk to. She always has such a smart and wise perspective. And we felt it was important to have a conversation on diversity and design. The creative industry is prime real estate to illuminate the diverse stories that shape our culture and the world around us. This is our first day on the podcast, Zara. That's so exciting. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very excited. (laughs) I'm so happy for you, Jessica. I love you and adore you and happy to be a part. Well, it's funny. I was like, you're always in my first. Why are you always in my first? Like, you were my, one of my first clients. Yeah. One of my first sales calls. Yeah. And, like, Zara is a first. I don't know. Just, I guess. First I lady. Yeah. No. God, no. <laughs> <laughs> I guess there's just something with our spirits that connect, and I, I love it. So I'm, I'm happy to be part of the first. Aww, yeah. Thank you for coming. Absolutely. And Emily's with us. So um, hey, hey, Emily's Emily. the director of The Hue. And helps sort of bring everything together. And I love that name, The Hue. You How do? did you come up with that? Well, I don't know. I love naming things. And it just came to me. I, I we, ha- we We're going to call it like That's So Folio or Folio. But I didn't really want it to be so brand centric. Yes. Because my background is journalism. And my most favorite thing in the world is learning about people. Mm-hmm. And I love hearing all the different sides to people and mm-hmm. I love all the different sides and stories to people and I thought of like hue as the gradient of color and you yes. think about a rainbow and and it's but hue is that point where it is that color it's yep. like that distinct place where that is the color yes and so there's just something about what we all do that is about color and the diversity of color and yeah I like that that hue kind of embodied that I, I love it love the name love love it so let's talk about you so everyone knows who's Zara so we're here with Zara Tate and Zara has been working with Jan Showers for 15, 15 years, years. and you time. started in what role I started as an assistant junior interior designer okay way back when okay um, who hired you Jan or uh Jan I had my first interview with uh Lauren and Susan and then I had a second interview with Jan, and um, yeah, she was the one that hired me, and I think she called me like the next day, and I was so excited to, to get the job and right out of school. And, um, right out of school? Right out of school. I graduated in December of 2005, and I started with her February 2006, so it was right out. My, I was such a noob. Were you nervous? Yes, absolutely. Very nervous. Um, I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't know who she was, but I had a senior show and one of my friend's, um, bosses said, I looked at my work and said, you should look at Jan Showers. And I'm like, okay. And she happened to be hiring and her listing was on Craigslist. So that tells you so much about the time, <laughs> <laughs> the Craigslist. And I sent in my resume and I got a call back and, her um, listing was on Craigslist. Yes. Jan Showers. Yes. <laughs> 
But people, I guess, you know, back yeah, then, they did. They, people put listings on Craigslist. So it was so funny to think that now, think about it now. But yeah. So you'd been at Jan for a year when I met you in 2006. Yes. Then. Yeah. Okay. Maybe Great. not even a year, actually, because okay. I just started in 2006. Okay. I think we literally met right at the same. Yes. You were both new, new. New, new. Yeah. So you just finished school and you were a little bit nervous. Definitely nervous. Um, I did have a great internship with Morrison Cypher Murphy, which oh, okay. was a hospitality yeah, firm. Yeah, I know MSN. Yeah. And um, I love Susan Cypher, love She's Lionel. She's a beautiful person. Oh, I, I adore her. Uh-huh. And so um, at the time, they didn't have a spot for me. Okay. And she wrote, wrote this beautiful recommendation for me, which I think really helped me. Do you me still get... stay in touch with her? When I see her, I see her as uh, social yeah, yeah. settings when I see her out. Yeah. Um, but I always re- remember that from her doing that for me because um, I think that obviously helped me get the job with Jan so that's awesome and then what was it about your portfolio from school that made your professor think that Jan was a good fit for you um I think maybe my use of color okay and I had a very clean look uh-huh. and so I, I would only I mean as being a senior portfolio was not anything like what Jan did I don't think but I think he saw something in that <laughs> that he thought we might be a good fit together. I remember looking at her website. I remember looking at this image of an entry that had a, a vintage a commode and it had uh, black walls with pink. And I remember thinking, <laughs> oh, okay, this yeah. is this is fun, cool, and I wanted, I would love to work here. There is kind of like a sweetness, if you will, mm-hmm. to her portfolio yes. and her work. It, and her work with color. Softness, maybe, yes. is the better word. It's, yes. I love those blues and... There's She's all so soft hues, like, yeah. Yes. And so you just knew that that was going to, and then 15 years later. Yeah, 15 years later. I, I really can't believe it. It doesn't even seem like 15 years, honestly, but just from doing, um, knowing nothing to. Junior designer. Junior designer. Then what? And then, you know, I don't think there was definitely a A, B, C. It was, I was almost in some <laughs> ways doing the role before it became official in some ways. That. Um, because I'm a very curious person and I asked a lot of questions. And so she has a showroom business, which her antiques, her interior design and her furniture collection. And I wanted to know about it all. So I just was curious, asked questions, got involved and I just couldn't help myself, but to pick my nose into every part of what she did. So yeah, that's kind of, I think how it all evolved over time to where I am today. She always had the antique business, but when did the furniture... Did she already have that when you started? Yes, she okay. had both. Um, 21 years she's had that business, okay. the furniture collection, and she started that from just not being able to find the pieces she wanted for her clients. Yeah, and, and they're started. really pretty. Yes, they are so beautiful. And they are still... I mean, that's still a very big collection. And yes. It's at David Sutherland? David Sutherland in Dallas. Her representative okay. Sutherland in Dallas. But then other places around the country. Yes, yes. And, New York, yeah. Atlanta... And does she still introduce new pieces to that? She does. And you've helped design them? Absolutely, yes. Okay. Yeah, we work on it together along with um, Trist and other team uh, team members. Every year we try to come out with, you know, a collection of pieces. What's the bestseller of all, like the perennial bestseller of the collection? Oh, gosh, it's hard. Um, The Harrison Coffee Table, which was a loose-like coffee table with brass, and sadly we had to discontinue it but we're getting ready to bring it back soon. But that was, we introduced it in 2009 when everything kind of crashed, and it was our top seller, which was really strange because it was also our most expensive coffee table. (laughs) And it just 
flew off the shelves. And then our lamps do so great. The lamps, yeah. Um, All kind of inspired by the vintage. Absolutely. Right? Everything is inspired by vintage for her. Uh-huh. She definitely gets her inspiration from French 40s, 50s, and 60s French, and then Italian inspired too, which is really cool because it's kind of more clean, maybe more modern. The Milan chair is done really well fresh, which has a cool um, brass base. Men love it. It's great in leather for studies. And somebody that just, I think some nice people put her in a box of just glam and only for ladies. But that chair and other pieces are in collection. You do it in a darker finish. You clean up some of the, you take off some of the carving. Um, there's so many, so many things that can be done in all kinds of um, interiors. What is the, because the old, the the most, I shouldn't say old, but the last book was Glamorous Rooms, right? And there's a new one. Well, the first book, Glamorous Rooms. Okay. The second one is Glamorous Retreats, which is all about second and third homes across the country. Jeez. The third one's Glamorous Living, and that comes out in September. Okay. And I'm, I'm super excited you about that. You were a part of that book. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm and your role now that. is what? Um, I'm a senior interior designer, and I'm executive operations, which is fancy for, I just do anything that's needed. <laughs> I just I feel like that's I just oversee all of our businesses. So anything from uh, Kip Space coming to Dallas, which we're super super excited about, super honored. Hey, congratulations! Because you're on the advisory council. And, uh, Jan is on the chair, uh-huh. and I just get to it, because she is. I get to be behind the scenes. Absolutely. Um, but we're honored that they would think of Dallas as an important enough design city Agreed. and design central to have this um, house there. So we're really excited. Designers will be announced next next week. So super, oh, next week. Next week. So how, super, do we know how many applied? Um, a lot. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure. I'll say a lot. I'm I think sure. it was the most that's ever applied to any of the share houses. And how are they selected? Um, there's a committee that selects. Okay. Um, so it's not just who chairs, but there's a, com- a Kips Bay a, committee okay. of people that select and look at all the portfolios. Wow. Yeah. And how many will be selected? I believe there's 25. And it's going to be in September. September, yes, and, and it runs for a month. Where is it? It is um, in Preston Hollow okay. and off of um, street off of Deloach. Okay. Will the advisory council have rooms as well, or will it just be the designers? No, just okay. the designers. Okay. Yes. Yes. Gosh, it's so cool. And Jan is doing one, so we're excited about that. Tell um, the, our listeners what Kips Bay is. It's a show house, and yeah. it's benefits the Boys, Boys and Girls Club. It's also going to benefit Dwell the Dignity this year because Dwell the Dignity is a local charity. And um, so it's a show house where all these designers come in um, to Empty House, and they will d- do their fabulous designs, and people walk through and buy tickets. And those proceeds go to Boys and Girls Club and Dwell the and Dignity. It's open for a month. It's open for a month. And they raise buku money. They do. They have great sponsorship from... Um, a lot of wonderful brands, and it's typically started in New York, and then Palm Beach, and then Dallas will be the third city. Okay. Mm-hmm. And how are they going to, I'm sure they have a strategy for COVID. They do. They have somebody that's going to monitor how many people are lit in at a time, uh-huh. and, you know, the hand sanitizers and the mask and all that. So everything will be very covid friendly <laughs> if that's a thing. <laughs> I think it is a thing. Yeah, I think no, we can is. say it is. It can say COVID, COVID friendly is friendly is a thing it's got to be a hashtag right i'm sure there is it has to be (laughs) everything has a hashtag yeah Yeah. we talked about that post that jan did and that's how you felt about it and i never i'd never seen your title it was like chief operating officer or something yeah and i'm going wow that's a big role yeah it's a global brand yes yeah it's i'm very honored and um it's been fun working for her and just growing as a person and growing with her in design. And, of course, I've learned so many amazing things from her. She's just 
amazing with business and, and design and color and her love for antiques. And it's been a great relationship all these years. And do you feel like the design that you do on the daily is, is you or is there, like if you were to, if there were a Zara Tate brand, what would it look like? I think it would be a little bit different. Uh-huh. I think my job, of course, is to make sure that uh, our clients are happy first. And second, uh, staying within her brand, which I think that's part of me, but that's not all of me. Okay. Um, I think Jan's experiences growing up and my, my experiences are different. So I think those things would show through on um, when I, w- with my brand. And I honestly, I think I'm still figuring it out. I don't mm. have something that's like, this is my brand. I think there's parts of me that I am learning about, and I think that's going to ebb and flow through life, and I think that's normal. I think I would use more color than Jan. Um, that's my, my family's from Barbados, which is a tiny island um, in the Caribbean, mm-hmm. and so I grew up with color. Um, <laughs> you know, I, so I definitely feel like color, stronger colors would probably be more evident in my design. Uh-huh. Yeah. And when, so you, but did you grow up in Texas? I did. I've been okay. in Irving, Texas, which is where the airport is since I was eight. And your parents grew up in Barbados, though. Yes. So you have family in Barbados. I do. So this has been a part of your life to go home. Absolutely. To Barbados and Absolutely. see family. And it's a big part of my life and my culture and how I was raised. And what is the Barbados? What's the family dynamic? Have a f- Oh, uh, big family first. Okay. I would say a big family d- dynamic. I feel like when we all get together, it's always a good time. Central amount of food and oh, family. Good. You have lots of food. You have lots, lots of, of food, cooking. Um, I guess just talking in the kitchen with you know my aunts and the you know cousins and all that. And it's just, I just think it's a good time. And Caribbean music, soca. I love soca. I wish Dallas had a bigger soca music. I just. Uh, all of that. That's just, yeah. And you've been able to really bring that to your daughter as well. Absolutely. I've tried to, you know, visit enough so she know. Also, it's important for me, to, for her to know that not everyone lives the same way in mm-hmm. every part of the world. And yes. it's good to know that other, it, there's other cultures and other mm-hmm. other things. And it, I just, I, that was important for me, for her to grow up, grow up knowing that. Like I did. And that's something you and I have talked about as moms of young women and, yes. and Palmer being my family, my husband's family being from Panama and how much I love it for her to go there and yes. experience the molas and the music and the food and yes. just how different the culture is. And Absolutely. the family dynamic is different. It is. It is. For example, I live with my mom and in my culture, that is not unusual yeah. for a single woman or man to be living with their parents. Yeah. I've, I've kind of grown through that for other reasons, but it's worked out, especially with my travel schedule with my daughter, it just makes sense for my life right now, and I see no problems with that. Exactly. And I think when um, I think um, how American children are raised, I think it's a little bit different. It is. Um, it's, it's like get out of the house. It's definitely get out, uh-huh. um, and it's um, not not unusual. My aunt even did when she was older after college and after working, and she lived by herself, but she would came, came back home with her parents. And it's just if you're single, it's just part of part of it. And what, what do people say to you? Like, or what do people say? Like, oh, you live with your mom and it's different for them, but you're like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, when you hear the connotation, especially a male, which I mean, I have to say, I would not, (laughs) I would be curious if I was, you know, I date and I don't necessarily want to date anyone that's living, man that's living with their mom. I think it's viewed (laughs) a little differently than women, Uh but it's definitely, uh, the connotation is different. I think it has a negative connotation than the way I, I grew up with it. Uh-huh, exactly. So, it's just but, different. But it works for me in my life, so it's fine. 
Exactly. So one of the things we wanted to talk about, you and I decided we were going to talk about diversity in design. Yes. So we had the big post last week from, from Jan. Yes. And I asked you how that made you feel. Yes. And um, overwhelmingly, you know, you had so much support and you're like, you didn't know that all of these people. I didn't. It was very overwhelming for me. I had no clue what the response would be. And um, it was very um, comforting to see all the all the support of some people that I haven't worked with for years or you just don't know I guess that you don't really know through life what impact you're having so it was nice to see that feedback and that was um it was it was great I loved it yeah and I noticed also that you you know you had posted some posts leading up to that yes about what was going on in the world and and you were passionate yes and so can you talk to us about Absolutely. that, about how you feel? I definitely um, am excited that there's more conversation around this, especially in our industry. I don't even see people, not just, I just see a lot of not the same the same people. Mm-hmm. I would love to see diversity, not just with brown skin pe- mm-hmm. women and men, but with um, more Asian influence, more Hispanic influence. Mm-hmm. There's When I was thinking Indian, I don't know mm-hmm. a lot of people in this industry from photographers to architects to contractors yeah yeah like I just don't uh textile artist artist there's just not a lot of diversity in our um, industry and I think that it's I'm glad we're having the conversation so I would love to have fabrics presented to me that were from other walks of life Mm -hmm. um and I do think it's important to also talk about what we deem as design worthy Mm -hmm. because I feel like there is a um kind of a a thought process of a certain look is I don't think that necessarily is uh the case I feel like there can be other looks that can be just as design worthy even if they're from a different point of view and where are we getting those? So how do we change, shift that? If those are the images that we're getting, where are they coming from and how do we get different images in front of us? Well, I think it's a conversation that we need to have to know the best way, but I think it's all honestly going to take time. Okay. And I think publications um, have a big a responsibility of doing that, mm-hmm. and that's where it starts. Um, when I was growing up, or even when I was introduced to interior design in high school, I didn't realize that this was a field I can go into. And the magazines I remember subscribing to I didn't see anyone that looked like me mm-hmm. in them to aspire to. Um, I think my daughter will know it's a possibility because of me. Yes. I feel like some of my friends and maybe their children will know because um, their f- friend's mom does this, but not on. Um, I think I do it at a very high level with Jan, which I'm very you fortunate do. to be to be a part of. And I just don't think the access is given um, in knowledge sometimes. And I do think it starts with educating children from a younger age mm-hmm. to even know this. there's this it, that is even a possibility to be a landscape architect. I don't think, or a lighting designer or a textile artist. I just don't think there's a lot of conversations of knowing this is something you can have a passion for and go and go after. And how? And so that's just about as as time goes on, we get better at these conversations, yes. and hopefully, there's more exposure. And I think the magazines have a, a big responsibility. Big responsibility because I think that's what that's what you see. What you see on Instagram. I mean, we 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 know how social media and that that's in something the same image from a certain designer will be seen so many places it's so popular so it, could, it just takes one image that people gravitate towards so I think that's I think it's a process it's going to take it's time a good point though I think you're right about that and thought about it that way it's just like what the exposure is and then that's what our eye is trained to see mm-hmm. and we need 
maybe pushing the boundaries and asking for different things. Yeah, and I, do, I will say if your uh, editors and magazines are more diverse, then mm-hmm. they will have a different background that they may look and say, "Let's this is pretty to me or this is um, looks nice to, to me. And so I feel like that it, even on the staff. Exactly. So that it's just because if you have everyone that thinks the same or looks the same, then you only have one point of view. And so I feel like that's also a part of it. Getting more diversity in, mm-hmm. in these leadership roles. I yes. did a lot of, not a lot, but I did, I love research. And my background is journalism, which I don't know if we've ever talked about. I did do a lot of research and reading leading up to our conversation. Mm-hmm. I think I mentioned to you when we first started as I I um, had read one of Catherine Anthony's books before. She's a professor um, of architectural studies. And she's written Designing for Diversity. And she, Gender, Race, and Ethnicity in the Architectural Profession. Mm-hmm. She says at the beginning of her syllabus, out of licensed architects in the American Institute of Architects, why are only 18% women and -hmm. less than 2% African American? Mm -hmm. What accounts for these staggeringly low figures? What has architecture lagged? This is directly, I'm reading this directly from her syllabus. What has lagged so far behind in its counterparts of law and medicine, whereas sizable advances have already been made? I also found another article by a young graphic designer and um, she found the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, that this is this is a repeating trend. So um, how do we get more young people from diverse backgrounds involved mm-hmm. in design? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it was unusual for my high school back in, oh gosh, I'm dating myself, 1999. That's when I graduated. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> um, um, introduced that intro course, so that's how I was introduced, and other people were introduced to it too but I I think it's something to think about I don't have I don't think there's an exact right answer Uh Um, but I definitely feel like educating uh, the youth of the possibilities of what's out there Mm -hmm. and then realizing once they get there and work hard and interview for a job that people need to uh, be open to hiring other people Mm -hmm. absolutely and we're going to put this on the website this fast company article but this, this graphic designer did an entire study on how the graphic design industry can increase diversity. Yes. And she had several points that, you know, use diverse imagery. Mm-hmm. That's something we've just talked about. Oh, yeah. And I was thinking about that for even what we do at Folio. And, and that's something that, you know, even we can do better. Is right. having When we have images, having more diverse imagery. And, Absolutely. And I think it's just like whatever you may look like, you may just go to that image because you look like that. Right, exactly. But thinking, well, what does everyone else look like? And yeah. And, and it's, there's, I know there's studies done from children, with, even with TV. Okay. That's what, you know, Princess and the Frog was a big deal because there I was loved, never an African-American princess, I Disney princess. princess and the Frog. And so if you're only given one image and these uh, children, even my daughter who's mixed, she's uh, half Hispanic. Mm-hmm. I remember in kindergarten, I mean, they pick up on it at a young age. Uh-huh. She was um, in a class, and she had cur- long, curly, dark hair. And she t- told me one day that she did not want her hair to be curly, and she wanted want it to be straight, and she wanted it to be blonde. And she just didn't. And I was like, "What, honey? You're so beautiful. Why?" She's like, "My hair's different than everybody else's." So it's just those images that are are you're flashed from a young age of what is pretty, beautiful, acceptable, all all of that. And that's you know size, weight, all everything. It's all the things. Everything. Of, yeah. Yeah. The other ones were um, support minority business enterprises, which you and I have talked about. Yes. We can do a better job getting more minority businesses into our libraries, our yes. design libraries. Absolutely. And getting presentations from 
um, expanding social networks. There's one I'm going to, sh- I'm going to send Please. to you cause I have, I have a, um, crush on this wallpaper Woo-hoo! and it's something that I haven't seen before because <clears throat> it features, has faces of African-American women Okay. and I want that in my powder room and <laughs> because I, well, I like it a, and I realized I was like, there's never, I've never seen something in design that looks like me. It's, it, they don't, nothing ever looks like me, Yeah. but it spoke a lot to me cause I was like, wow, um, she looks like me and that's important. Even at my age, I'm not, you know, I still have insecurities and it's just nice for me to see this. Still think it's amazing and beautiful and I want, I want it. It feels empowering or something. It does feel empowering. And so did, I like to talk about, um, I, I, with these kind of conversations that are challenging, I, I feel it's important to talk about what we're doing well and then what good can come of it. And I like to focus on that. And one thing I feel is that maybe it's taken down a barrier for having this conversation Absolutely. in a way. And does it feel like that to you? Absolutely. And yeah. I think it's an important conversation to have and it, it's going to be awkward sometimes or, you know, no one's going to ever say that somebody, somebody may not say the perfect thing. I know people can, can, you know, get offensive, but I think at least if we're trying to have the conversation that it's better, at least we're talking about mm-hmm. it and, um, we'll just move forward from here. Exactly. And with less, um, less in a less inhibited way. Yes. And I think as long as we're still talking about it a year from now, six months from now, two years from now, this is a very heightened time. And so, and I'm loving everything that I'm seeing from companies, as long as it continues and doesn't Mm -hmm. stop after this conversation is not so in front of our face because of what's been going on. Agreed. Yeah. Because it's everything that's going on has been going on for some, right now it's just, I guess we're just reaching a, a tipping point of just enough is enough, but it's been, it's been happening. The Hue is brought to you by Folio. Located in the iconic Meadows building in Dallas, Texas, Folio is a boutique rep agency which seeks to connect interior designers with creative resources. We would love to connect with you in real life. Please visit our website to set up an appointment, folioco.com, and follow us on Instagram at folioco. We've talked a lot about, I think this also brings up the conversation of privilege and what is privilege. And, um, I've had, I've had some girlfriend designers in the industry that have reached out to me and said, this makes me really sad. And what can I do? You know, how can I be supportive of our community? Mm-hmm. And what would you say to, so to other designers who are like, I, I don't, I don't want to be a part of what's not ha- working well. I want to be a part of the solution. Like, what would mm-hmm. you say? Well, I think supporting, um, companies that are, uh, I don't even like using the word minority cause mm-hmm. I just feel like it has a bad connotation. Yeah. Um, but other companies, multicultural, multicultural companies. Yeah. Of, and <laughs> I also, colors. because it's not just, you know, black or brown. Like I it's, think it's, it, yes, it's, it's black, brown, of, everything. Yeah, and being open to that uh-huh. and actively seeking. There's, um, companies, um, there's a website, Marlene has started a black designers guild and it's all companies owned. Okay. Design related. Um, they're all black owned. We're going to put that on skin, the website brown, too. Brown skin owned. And she's done a great job of putting that out there. So there's photographers there, there's interior designers, there's architect, there's furniture designers, there's textiles. That's how I found the textile. So I think keeping those resources and uh, and sometimes it, it, you're gonna I think you're gonna have to actively reach out okay. and may not just come in front of you right now because you know I think designers get approached by uh, the more well known brand, brands and okay. so I think you're gonna have to actively search out if you're wanting to see what else is out there or support. And it's going to take um, some, I think, uh, diligent work to actively 
be involved and do that. So that this hopefully breeds opportunity for more exposure. Mm-hmm. But I do ask the question, mm-hmm. and it's a tough one, but why has the exposure been lower for people of color and, and brands that aren't the typical brands? Like, why is, why is the exposure not as high? I think part of it... Because um, we're not going to limit it to one... I'm going to try to answer one, this question. Because I don't want to limit it to one race. That's why I said it that way. Right, right. Yeah. Um, I think if you look at the history, and I'm just going to do United States-focused, um, a lot of people that are wealthy look a certain way mm-hmm. and they grew up with designers mm-hmm. and they grew up with architects and they grew up with a lot of these things yeah. and they pass it down to their children yeah. and they're going to hire people that look like them. Yeah. And it wasn't long ago. Well, slavery really wasn't that long ago. And I think that that that's where it's, it stems from. And history. History. And if you look at businesses as a whole, if you start looking at just businesses as a whole, you can see majority of owned by a certain uh group Mm -hmm. and I think that it's a hard thing to penetrate the industry when Mm -hmm. there is a a certain group and I feel like it's a dominant force it's a dom it's a dominant force of um even from people the more well-known designers I just feel like the eyes are on 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 them and Mm -hmm. I think and I do think it's just hard to um you feel like you have to work harder I do to be heard I do think that Mm -hmm. I think it's definitely and I think I've been fortunate that I um, that Jan was open minded enough to hire me um, because I don't think everyone would have been that way. Mm-hmm. And I'm and because I do think there's stereotypes and and I just think that's a fact with any with any job. So what do you say to other young women who look like you? I say go for it. Okay. I say now is a better the best time to go for it because yeah. I also don't think that you have to rely on um, especially with social media to get your work out there I don't think you have to rely on being published or a certain editor liking you yeah. or having the money to advertise a magazine and that's why you're getting published I think now um, you can get your work out there easier now more than ever I think yeah. it's easier now especially with Instagram with Instagram yeah because uh-huh. I think good design is good design and I think that the goal is to be seen as a good designer and not a good black designer. Uh-huh. That's Agreed. the goal. Yeah, a good designer. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And Dallas, are we do what are we doing? Are we doing well? I don't think, uh, to my knowledge, we're not doing. And I and I take uh, some responsibility on that. I, this this <laughs> this actually made me realize. I'm like, what am I doing? You know, I'm not doing anything. Yeah. Um. So I definitely could be doing more and doing better. And um, to my maybe knowledge, an alliance would help. To yes. help connect each other yes, and catapult each other and absolutely. Um, but I don't, to my knowledge, Dallas isn't doing anything. Okay. And I do think that's because Atlanta is more diverse and I think it has more of the, uh, brown skin people there than uh-huh. they do here in the design world. And the, at the, yeah, that's, I do think that's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Encouragement and wisdom for, you know, for all persons of color in our design community. We already talked to you. You kind of already said, just go for it. Just go for it. Yeah. I think, um, and I and I and I I also feel like you know be the best you can be, mm-hmm. do the research, work hard. I mean I think all the same principles apply. I do think you'll have to work harder. I just I don't feel like that. I I'm not gonna lie about that, but I I think it's gonna pay off in the end. And um, you'll find and do what's good to you, for you. Do your point of view. Maybe it's not out there, and that's okay. You don't have to be like so and so or or this isn't selling or or whatever. Be true to you. And I think that it. And I think. 
at the end of the day, it's all about making your clients happy and exceeding their expectations. Because I think that's when you'll always have jobs and projects. Because people, you want people want to work with you. Yeah, especially if you're yeah. going above and beyond. Exactly. Yeah. Now, um, so it's not always easy. I like to ask this question: Describe the challenge that you know gave you the most heartache on your creative journey, and what tools you used to solve it. Oh gosh, that is such a hard question because I feel like I'm still on my journey and yeah. I still have challenges. Yeah. And I think what I've realized—I love that about you, Zara. Like you're so humble and oh, but you, but you're genuinely humble and learning and growing. And those are the humans we all want to be around. I, like, and I am. Yes, works absolutely. Because um, I don't always get it right. I I balance a lot with work and. Uh, having a daughter who's a cheerleader in high school, I, you know, I balance the best I can. I think you take it day by day. And if you didn't get it right the first time, like, what did I do? What could I have done better? I was I always try to look, I always try to reflect, but, um, it, I take it by day by day. And I also don't take myself or what I do too seriously. I'm not saving lives. I'm not a heart surgeon. Somebody didn't just die. <laughs> yes, I wish that chair or table or whatever didn't get damaged or I wish, you know, whatever whatever the situation may be. But sometimes I have to, like, just ground myself and say people are starving and it's it's going to be okay. Yeah. And tomorrow's a new day and we'll do better. Mm-hmm. That's we all I can do. Nobody's hair is on fire. Exactly. Nobody's Same hair thing. is on fire. <laughs> exactly. I think that's such, I would love to let that sit there because I think that's really, really, some of the best wisdom is the most simple. Mm-hmm. And there's just something to be said by honoring and respecting that we are all a work in progress mm-hmm. and that um, we are all learning. Yeah. And the, the challenges are going to come. We have to take them and, and address them and move on. Exactly. And that's all we can do. Hopefully remember them. Yes. <laughs> so that we can. So don't tell me don't do it again. That's, that's, the, that's the goal. <laughs> uh, one other thing. I love, I'm always intrigued by creatives and that technical side of creativity and that intersection where, you know, practical and innate creative knowledge collide. And so you are innately creative. That's very obvious. Um, How do you balance that with the practical side that keeps the creative process moving forward? Sometimes it's hard because I sometimes feel like I am all over the place Uh and I just want to think of these grand things and I'm like, okay, wait. Because you're be drawing done? it in your mind. Yes, it's like it happening in my head, and I'm thinking way faster than I can even speak. And I'll have to like sit back and be like, okay, like think about, okay, can this happen? And then everything that we do, I mean, we have a great team. That's the other thing. You know, I work with uh, Elena and Madeline and Jen and I. We're all the designers, so that, uh, we work on all the projects. And so I couldn't do what I do without them. And they do such a great job of okay, no, okay, coming back and say no, that that can't work because of. XYZ or yes, it can work. Let's think this through a little bit more. So I think it's all about having a team also that kind of helps you stay, stay, grounded. On, stay grounded, stay on the path so we can all create the best solution. Yeah. Knowing what your strengths and weaknesses are and then surrounding yourself with people where you may have deficiencies. Absolutely. Because like. I, I do the same thing with Jan. Uh-huh. Sometimes it's, it's, it's funny, you know, cause she'll have the same, well, we're very similar as far as our idea and like we don't we don't move in a straight line. We move like all like this and squiggly lines. And then, well, I think about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we work like that, and then I'm the one that's like, okay, Jan, no, we got to think about like, no, we can't. And she goes, oh, you're right, you know, for whatever you know, whatever reason. So I think we all balance each other out. Zara, you are so poised, and then equal parts, but equal parts down to earth. Like it's so interesting. Like it's you don't meet a lot of people like who are as poised and then down to earth as you are. And then I look at this 
almost juxtaposition of like Jan, who's this formidable force. You know, mm-hmm. she's a she's Jan Showers. You mm-hmm. know, and like, but you are your own presence and force. You know, in that you are, you are your own presence and force. And so when you are representing a person, that's Mm -hmm. a brand, Mm -hmm. how do you find your voice? That's a good question. So I feel like the poise definitely came from my grandmother and my mom. Um, Barbados was owned by England. So Uh I have a definitely a British influence of the proper way to do things, the proper way to speak, the proper way to carry yourself. Uh Setting a table. I, so I have, I have all of... Oh, God, okay. please don't. Please don't. Um, so I have that. I think that's where that influence comes in. Your mom and your grandma. And then I have the other side where I'm just not that way. And uh-huh. just, you know, I, like I said, take myself too seriously. And I, I just, you know, Jan hired me for me. And she we work together so well because I do have a voice. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want someone that just says yes all the time. Great. She definitely, I think, respects me and anyone that works for her who that does have a voice. And that's what makes a better product and uh, representation and everything is everybody's ideas. And because uh, it would be, it wouldn't be fun. It would be very boring if I just didn't have, didn't have that. And if, if, and if I didn't work for somebody who listened to my voice, too. You're, I've noticed this about both of you, and I haven't worked with Jan as much as you, but you're both earnest listeners. Like, I really do feel like you hear the words and, you're, and you respond thoughtfully. I have to. And so, yeah, that is definitely probably the uniting thing between the two yeah. of you. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I listen to clients, and I love figuring people out. Uh-huh. And I love, if I can get in somebody's head and they can't necessarily express exactly like to where it's, you know, but I can get in there and then be like, this is what you mean. They're like, yeah. And that's, I love that. I love, I love that. I love figuring things out and figuring people out and knowing what what makes them happy and just knowing how they, because you know, I, you can't just apply the same formula to every person or every Mm -hmm. client. And I know certain clients like things one way, certain clients like things another way. And I, and I love, I love that part of knowing that. My one, job. one of my like absolute favorite quotes of all time is Maya Angelou, and I'll just summarize it in um, just that it, people won't remember what you said, they'll just remember how you made them feel. Mm-hmm. And this quote like almost like gives me chills, and um, it makes me think of you, because you are one of those oh people God. that like you make people feel good that are around you. Are you serious? I'm, it does, and I'm... You're going to make me cry. I'm sorry, I didn't you mean know, to cry you're, you're either. You need to stop it. I'm sorry, <laughs> but not. it's true, but you are one of those people, and Don't I think that that's why you do that with your, your work, because... Like you said, you hear people and you can finish what they're thinking and what they need. And I, I believe that's what makes a great designer is, is you're creating a world that makes someone feel good. And mm-hmm. then if you can hear them enough mm-hmm. to do that, mm-hmm. you've made them feel amazing. I hope so. And at yeah. the end of the day, I mean, isn't that what this conversation of race and diversity is about is how we it make is. each other feel? Absolutely. And I, and I feel like one of my goals is I, I work in high end, but mm-hmm. I believe that everyone should be able to feel good in their home no matter where they are and I feel like there's definitely a need for exposure for from people that look like them to say no it's okay to go buy fresh flowers at Trader Joe's no it's okay no not, you can do like I feel like there's um permission permission to do that and you know it's okay not having a matching set of furniture. I and just you say like, that to people you work with. Is what oh, you're my saying. friends. Okay, yes. Oh my okay. gosh, I've gone to my yeah. friends' home. Like that art's hanging too hard. Like you know, like, <laughs> it's you know, but they they're used to it. Will you come they to know my it. house? <laughs> Absolutely, anytime. So you didn't ask me this, but I feel like that's another way of educating to have more diversity at a younger age is knowing that people can um, uh, feel good in their environment and what they can do to. Because I think I think it does affect you psychologically. I, I really believe that. 
That's a good point. And like hitting on accessibility yes. is what you just said to me. Exactly. And that's a way that we can talk to young people about. Exactly. And, you know. Creating those rich cultural, yes, like diverse think, environments. Because sometimes exactly. culture doesn't have to be rich. No, it doesn't. And I think brands like Target can do a great job at putting other people that are more diverse of branding, designing products for their customers. Mm-hmm. And so, so that I think that can start on that level, you know. I bet your friends are always like, oh, Zara, are they nervous to have you over? <laughs> I don't think so because I'm not, you know, I, I don't. Every now and again, I might comment, but I, I, when I'm seeing friends, I'm just want to have fun and hang out and stuff. So who's creative? Your mom, your grandma? You know, my dad was a civil engineer and my mom's an accountant, but my dad was a dreamer. So mm-hmm. I think that's where a lot of my creativity comes from. He was definitely a dreamer. Gotta have dreamers. Yeah. Yeah. Dreamers are crucial. Two things from the beginning. So I want to hear just a little bit before we kind of close this out. Zara, like young Zara. Like, who was young Zara, and when did you first know you you were creative and that this was your thing and your passion? Oh, gosh. Um, okay, I love dance. I was a cheerleader. Like, I, I never loved sports. I always was a girly girl. I always loved yes. that part of it. And then randomly in high school, I was into cars, and had I asked my dad to buy me car magazines, and I would put cars in my room. So I don't really... I, I guess high school. always like beautiful things. I do. I I've always loved. I actually have a car thing. I have a I have a thing for cars. But um, random random fact. But um, probably in high school in art. Okay. Um, that's where I discovered it. And then and you could draw. Co- but not. But no. I I am not a literal drawer. Okay. I'm very abstract. College is where I learned to draw and watercolor. Okay. And uh, I was actually pregnant in college, and I did a series of fifteen paintings in my advanced watercolor class, and I. I loved, I had so much fun doing it. And then the teacher photographed them. She said, I want to use this in all my other classes. And so I've always had a thing for uh, color. And um, I remember going to restaurants with my family and I would always comment on something at the restaurant that they weren't doing right or could have done better. And I guess I got that from my dad because he was in the hotel industry. Okay. And he would come home with blueprints. And so he had the more mathematical mind of it. And I definitely had the more um, creative or not more organic mind with it. So always creative. There was dance and then there was art yes. in high school. And then you're like, yes. I'm going to go to design school. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then I just, I just never, I never wavered. I had never had a, I guess a doubt, I guess that that's what I wanted to do. But I definitely had a doubt graduating. Like, can I do this and make a living? Uh-huh. Is that, is that possible? But then you got a great job. Yeah. And then everything, the rest, was the history. rest is history. Yeah. So what's Zara's legacy in design? I have no clue. Like, I really don't. Like I, think that will somebody somebody that will be known when I die I don't know you know what I mean like I I just hope hopefully I made an impact in some someone's life whether it's design or otherwise you have so I think that's what I strive to do but I don't have a creative legacy in my mind that I'm trying to do maybe or maybe ask me in maybe ask me in 20 years and it can change you know there's like our family legacy and there's our creative legacy and then yeah you know and and it's like you're you're taking the opportunities as they come, and who knows what it will bring. Exactly. Yeah. It's hard to say. It is hard to say. I don't know. We do like to do some, like, fun, rapid-fire questions. Okay. <laughs> okay, so favorite designer or architect, dead or alive? Okay, I really like uh, Daniel Ramaldez, and he did Tory Burch's um, homes. And I just, oh. I love, I just love everything about what he does. Very cool. Mm-hmm. 
Where are they photographed? I'm sure they are. Yes. I can check all that. I yeah. want to check that out. He doesn't have an Instagram, though. No Instagram. No Instagram. Ugh. Well, most Private. of the serious artists don't, yes. right? Yes. <laughs> we need to get off Instagram, Yes. Really. Yes. Okay. Um, I love to cook. I don't okay. know you know this about me. It's just like my happy place in life, and it sort of centers around everything. So last, either this, the last dish you cooked or your your signature dish. If last dish I cooked. Let's see. Um, or my signature dish. I'm good at pasta. Pasta. Um, a good, not healthy Alfredo. Yeah. Oh, Alfredo sauce mm-hmm. or the the vodka sauce where you do the spaghetti with the cream. Uh. With fresh parmesan, I I just I love that, and I'm, I love garlic. Sometimes I think I'm half like quarter Italian. You might be. I might. It's possible because it's it's kind of a problem. I kind of feel that way too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crusty bread. Yes. Olive oil. Yes. Balsamic. And like the really fresh ingredients and simple. Best Italian food yes. restaurant in Dallas. Oh, that's hard. You know, know. why? Because I don't think Dallas has good Italian. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm kind of with you. I, 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 I really... Who's going to um, be mad at us? I know. I'm like if anyone has good recommendations, I'm all open. Please send us recommendations you for know, good Italian. I think New York has the best Italian, and I just I don't think... What's the food in Barbados like? Amazing. What's, what and is, I live with my mom, so every now and again I'll get Signature some great, dish? Um, so there's something called pudding and sauce, mm-hmm. which is um, pork and cucumber Ooh. mixed. And if it's a lot, you know, sometimes I'll do the pig feet part of it. Um, plantains, oh, love, love fish plantains. cakes with salt fish, mm-hmm. flying fish, fried, white, it's just, yeah, mango, oh, I grew up with mangoes, my grandmother's tree that I used to pick, and they're still there, and I, you know, yeah, it's just. That I, sounds terrible. It's, it was amazing, it still is. <laughs> I went last year with, our, our whole family went, and it was so much fun, because for my aunt's 60th birthday, and it was just great. I think I saw time. pictures of that. Yeah. Oh, I, I had a great time. Yeah, you guys were living it up. Oh, totally. Uh-huh. It was, Your it aunt was, looks fun. Oh, she was a lot of fun. She, we were up dancing, I think, till like four in the morning with her. <laughs> it was yeah, you like to dance. Love to dance. <laughs> um, okay, we're going to go dancing. Okay. Um, all righty, so last one. COVID's over, and you can travel anywhere you want. Yes. Where are you going? I really want to go. I haven't been to Paris yet, and I really want to go there. Yeah. Yeah, I think we should do that together. Paris. Do some deco off, actually. Um, or Barbados. It's our family. My, my aunt says she's not accepting any visitors right now. Mm. And they canceled Crossover, which is like the big their big con- carnival okay. type. And a lot of people, you know, that was a big deal for that to be canceled. But obviously it had to be. So. So when was the last time you were in Barbados? Last year. Last, last July. Uh, that's it, the, the trip mm-hmm. then. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I Try to go every other year. Yeah. A favorite car? Um, oh, I... An odd... Audi or Tesla are my, like, I have my eye on right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I've wanted to Audi for a long time. I've had my eye on powerful. Car. I love sport. Like, I would probably drive the car that people would think a guy would drive. That's cool. Like, I totally would. I like that. What color? Black. Oh, yeah. Right now I'm in white car. I always, I always like. Because it's cooler. Because it's cooler. I'm in trying. Texas, yeah. A black. black car. No, you need a black sports car. Yeah, and I even want black rims. And my sister was like, "Sorry, don't do that." Girl <laughs> like, <"Maybe don't> <laughs> can dream. Girl yeah. can dream. We'll see. Yeah, this was fun. Do this any was more questions? so much fun. I'm so honored. It. I'm so okay. Now it's my time to talk about you. <laughs> yes, I don't like that. I don't care. 
<laughs> I am so proud of you. Thank you. I am just so happy to see your life and you just going for it. Thank you. Uh, I'm just so proud of you. And anything you want me a part of, I'm 100% here for you. Thank you. Uh, you need me to support you with, I am here. Just in case you didn't know, I'm telling you that. Likewise. Likewise. I'm super proud of you, too. Thanks, Betty. Yep. You handle things with grace, man. I try. Graceful lady. Thank you. Thanks for listening, y'all. Let's keep the conversation going. If you have a story you would like for us to illuminate, please email hello at folioco.com. That's hello at p-h-o-l-i-o-c-o dot com. And be sure to subscribe to hear future episodes.